You're listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. Is there evidence in your life that you know God? Is there evidence in your life that you know God? Today, on Words of Encouragement. Goals are important. Goals are important, uh, important to have. Every business has uh, the goal of being the best and making the most, uh, the most money. When it comes to Christianity, what is the goal? What is the goal? The goal of, of, of the Christian is to become more like Jesus, is to follow Jesus. That's what a Christian does. He follows Jesus. Now, some people would say, some people in our world today would say that the Christian's job, according to what they have watched and seen, is to be a big protester. And so a lot of our world looks at Christians and says, well, that's all they do. They protest everything. That's who they are. I am sick and tired of having that reputation. I'm sick and tired of seeing that and having people point fingers at us and say, well, that's all y'all do. We, as Christians, as children of God, should be known by our love for one another in this world. That is what the Bible teaches. They will know us by our protest? No. They will know us by our love. And it's, it's, it's just, it's an interesting world in which we live now where Christians are not known by our love. Now, you may have some that know you, and they know you love the Lord, and they see it in you. Praise God for that. You keep living that life of following Jesus. You keep showing the love of Christ. You keep doing that because you're doing the right thing. There may be some of us who need to step it up a little bit. We may need to focus a little bit more on that. But the goal of a Christian is to follow Jesus. In doing so, we do not become sinless, but I can guarantee you, you will sin less. Amen? You will. When you follow Jesus, you will sin less. When we follow His commands, we also show others and ourselves that we belong to Him. Let me say that again. When we follow God's commands, we also show Him, others, and ourselves that we belong to Him. And that's important. That's important for us to know that we follow Him. It's important for others to know that we follow Him. And God sees and knows if we follow or if we do not. If you're able to stand, I want to ask that you do so in honor of the reading of the Word of God from 1 John chapter 2, 1 John chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. The Bible says, the one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word In Him, the love of God has truly been perfected. By this, we know that we are in Him. Wow. Blessed be the reading of the Word of God. May that trickle into our hearts and may we live it. I invite you to be seated. First of all, let's look at verse 1. In this passage, 
this chapter 2. Verse 1 says, My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. I love that. And there it is in my margin reference, parakletos, the one who is called alongside to help. We have that one who comes alongside of us. Well, what do we see in that first verse? I'm writing to these things to you so that you may not sin. He's, he, he, he wants to encourage us not to do that, not to sin. Uh, he's encouraging us in, in what we have in Christ. But then he says, if, and if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. So what do we see there? We do see that we do sin. That's annoying. That's disturbing. It may be a surprise for some of you this morning. You may not realize that you sin. You may, see, you may be here this morning saying, Oh, wait a minute. Brother Craig, you're not calling me a sinner. I'm not calling you a sinner, but the Bible does call us sinners. <laughs> we do sin. When we do, though, we are not left all by ourselves. We have an, an advocate who is there to make things right for us. The one who comes alongside of us. A deeper definition is a person who acts as a spokesman or representative of someone else's policy, purpose, or cause, especially before a judge in a court of law. So what we have here is one who comes alongside of us and defends us before God Himself. The devil comes with his accusing, pointing finger, and Jesus says, Now, wait a minute, this is one of my children. This one has been forgiven. This one has been forgiven. His sin has been dealt with. So when the devil comes accusing you, you you're like, well, wait a minute. I've got, I've got someone who can stand up for me. I've got someone who's, I belong to God. I've been forgiven. You, you're not going to point that finger at me. You're not going to do that. Look at verse 2. Look at verse 2. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for those of the whole world. That's a big old Bible word there. Propitiation. Or satisfaction. Satisfaction. It means to be merciful and make reconciliation for someone. Jesus is the one who is merciful. Jesus is the one who will make reconciliation for us. Put it this way. You've sinned. Well, now, how do I, how do I deal with my sin? I've got to do something with it. I've got to have it forgiven. God, will you please forgive me? Jesus has made that way possible for you and I to be forgiven. Jesus is the one who says he's asking for forgiveness. He's our great high priest. And he says he's asking for forgiveness. God, you have made that possible through me. And he's asking, here it is. And there it comes. And the person is forgiven. Jesus not only made it possible for us to be placed in right relationship with God. He made it possible for everyone in this world to be placed in right relationship with God. He made it possible. He made it possible. The possibility for everyone to be saved has been made. But the person has to accept that. Here's the gift of salvation. God has it in His hand. He offers it to you. And you must accept it. Or reject it. Accept it or reject it. But it's up to you. What do you do with it? What do you do with it? But it's made possible. For God so loved the world. That he gave 
His only begotten Son. He loves the entire world. He loves everybody in this world. He, look, if, do, do we need to name who He loves? Sometimes I think it's beneficial for us to name who He loves. He loves President Biden. He loves President Trump. He loves, uh, he, he loves or the, the Asian people group. He loves the African Americans. He loves the, uh, the Chinese, the, the Japanese, the, the Taiwanese. I mean, He loves everybody in this world. He loves the murderer. He loves the, the one who doesn't love Him. There are people who do not love God, who just don't want to have anything to do with God. God loves them. But, but how can he? Because he's God. How can he love someone who doesn't love him? Because he's God. And God has chosen to love people. He's chosen to love people. And you're thinking, well, now, I just, well, now wait a minute. Now, Brother Craig, if you're talking about wanting to be like Jesus, and if Jesus is God's son and Jesus is God, Oh, no. Does this mean, oh, no, surely this doesn't mean that I have to love everybody out there. Surely there's, surely there's some catches, the loopholes. Surely there's something in the Bible that gets me out of having to love everybody. I'm afraid there's not. I'm afraid there's not. If we're going to be like Jesus, we're going to be like him. And Jesus died for every person on this earth. Doesn't matter what color they are. Doesn't matter their political persuasion. He loves them all. He loves them all. Now, there, therein is the challenge for us. How in the world do we, how, how do we do that? We've got the love of Christ poured inside of our hearts through the Holy Spirit, according to Romans. It's there. We need to pick it up. We need to use it. I would like to become a Christian an interested woman said to a visiting pastor, but I'm afraid I can't hold out. I'm sure that I will sin again. Turning to John, 1 John 1, the pastor said, No doubt you will sin again, because God says if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if you do sin, God will forgive you if you will confess your sin to Him. But it isn't necessary for Christians to sin. As we walk in fellowship with God and in obedience to His Word, He gives us ability to resist and to have victory over temptation. Then the pastor remembered that the woman had gone through surgery some months before. When you had your surgery, he asked, was there a possibility of complications or problems afterward? How many of you have had surgery and you've had to sign one of those sheets? Oh my goodness. I would like to become a Christian, an interested woman said to a visiting pastor. But I'm afraid I can't hold out. I'm sure that I will sin again. Turning to John, 1 John 1, the pastor said, No doubt you will sin again, because God says if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if you do sin, God will forgive you if you will confess your sin to Him. But it isn't necessary for Christians to sin. As we walk in fellowship with God and in obedience to His Word, He gives us ability to resist and to have victory over temptation. Then the pastor remembered that the woman had gone through surgery some months before. When you had your surgery, he asked, 
Was there a possibility of complications or problems afterward? How many of you have had surgery and you've had to sign one of those sheets? Oh, my goodness. Did you read the sheet? If you read the sheet, you almost didn't want to have the surgery because it sounded scary. Whenever I had, let's see, he said, so he, the pastor asked her, was there a possibility of complications or problems afterward? Oh, yes, she replied. But whenever I had a problem, I went to see the doctor and he took care of it. Then the truth hit her. I see it. I see it. Christ is always available to keep me out of sin or to forgive my sin. Ah, there it is. There it is. Certainly, we're going to choose other than God at times. Certainly, we're going to say, boy, I find that most of the sins that we commit, or maybe let's just say me, is, comes from my mouth. No, I'm not hitting anybody. I'm not getting in a physical altercation with anybody. I'm not hurting someone. I'm not robbing anyone. I'm not doing, you know, all those types of... But the sin that I wind up, it comes out of my mouth. I may say something about somebody. Oh, my goodness. Craig, why do you... Think, son, think. That's what my dad used to say. Think, son. <laughs> think. Allow the Holy Spirit to guide your lips. Allow the Holy Spirit to guide your mouth. Think. But if we do sin, we do have an advocate who is Jesus. And we can be forgiven of that sin. It's not like that's, oh well, tough for you. Now, we are. It's going to happen. We're going to, we're going to sin, but we do have an advocate. Now, does that give us license to sin? Absolutely not. Paul goes into that. Uh, in, in one of his letters, he goes in all into that. He says, look, that, that doesn't mean just because you can be forgiven doesn't give you license to run out and sin. I'll just go to God and ask him to forgive me. You know, no matter what you, whatever you've done. I mean, howling drugs and then, oh, well, God will forgive me. But the point is, aren't you supposed to be coming, becoming more like Christ? Isn't that what's supposed to be happening in your life? So if that is not happening in your life, then something else needs to be dealt with before you can even think about saying, oh, well, dear God, I, 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 just forgive me of all these sins I'm going to commit. I'm just about to go ahead and do some more. The thinking is wrong. The thinking is off. We do have an advocate who is Jesus, and we can be forgiven of our sins when we sin. But the goal is not to do whatever you want to and then just come back and get forgiveness. How do we know that we know Jesus? How do we know that we know Jesus? Verse 3. By this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Now the word translated for us as know, K-N-O-W here, is a knowing by experience. It's gnosko. It's one of the one words I remembered from Greek. Uh, that that uh, Gnosko, it's to know by experience. By this we know by experience that we have come to know him if we, have, if, if we keep his commandments. We cannot say we know Jesus if we've simply heard of him. I've heard of our governor, Governor Edwards. It's so weird to see, say that again. Governor Edwards, and then years ago, Governor Edwin Edwards. But anyway, I cannot say I know Governor Edwards. I've never met him. If I have met him, still, I do not know him through experience. I've not spent time with him. I'm not sitting in the office with him. I'm not talking with him daily. I'm not his friend. I've seen him on television, heard him on the radio, but I have not 
spent time with him, so I cannot say I know him. I can say I know of him. I know of him. I know he's our governor. I know he's, uh, in my opinion, I know he's done some good things, and he's done some things I haven't agreed with, but I know, I know who he is, you know? I know that's, that's our governor. Well, the question is, do you know Jesus, or do you just know of him? Do you, do you know of him, or do you know him through experience? Have you walked with him? Have you spent time with him? Have you talked with him? Have you allowed, I mean, look, have you asked him to come into your heart and allowed him to take over your life? Have you done that? Have you made that decision? Is he walking with you? Are you walking with him? Do you know him through experience? Or do you just know Jesus? Yeah, I hear about him. I know about him. I know, oh, every Christmas they talk, you know, he's born in a manger. There he is in a baby Jesus, you know. And I know he grew up, and I know he died on a cross, and uh, he died for me is what they say. I, I, I know the things he's done. But who is he to you? Do you know him? Are you spending time seeking to please Him in all that you do, in all that you say, to obey Him? Joe Blow off the street, who has not spent time with Jesus, who has not read God's Word, has no desire to please Him, to honor Him, or to obey Him. We need to remember that when we get upset, we need to remember that when we get upset at lost people. We need to remember that when we get upset at lost people, people who don't know Jesus and are not seeking to obey Him, not seeking to follow Him, we get all upset at those people. We say, well, they just, they're not doing the right thing. They need to do the right thing. I can't believe it. I'm so sick and tired of these people that aren't doing the right thing. Do they know Jesus? Many of us couldn't even say yes or no. We don't know. But we get so upset at people who do not know Jesus and, and how they act and behave and... and, and Wow, why, why can't we get that in our heads? Obviously, that's how they're going to be. People who do not know Jesus are going to do whatever feels good to them, however they want, want to do it, whenever they want to do it. Because they do not have the guiding uh, force of Christ, the guiding force of the Holy Spirit in their lives. They're not, they're not giving themselves over to Jesus. And so they're not going to want to please Him, to obey Him, or to honor Him. It's just not something they're going to want to do. They're they're, they're going to want to do. Look at verse 4. The one who says, I have come to know Him, and does not keep His commandments, is a liar. And the truth is not in Him. There are people who claim to know Jesus, but they do not follow His commands. They're everywhere. (laughs) Oh, I know Jesus. Oh, yeah, I know Jesus. Oh, yeah, my relationship with the Lord, we're we're good. We're, We're buds. We're... We're good. Well, but you're, they're, not, they're not following the commands of Christ. They're not doing what the Bible teaches. And so you, you, you begin to question, well, do they know Jesus? Do they know Jesus? It's important that this world sees people who know Jesus, and they need to see the people of God living out the words of God. They need to see that in order to say, okay, He is real. Look, did you ever think about this? Your existence as a Christian proves that God exists. Now, some people say, nah, you're just following some weird God, something that some people made up. Your consistency in the way that you live shows that you belong to God. 
if it's consistent in following him. <laughs> Let me say that. But the consist, your consistently lived life before a holy God shows others that God exists. Now, some would say, no, we don't care. We don't believe in that. But some will look and say, well, my goodness, they sure are bent on living the right way. I just what is it that makes them want to do this? What is it that is making them want to live this way? They, they're always trying to be fair. They're always trying to think of the other person. And they're always considering others. I mean, come on. Sometimes if you want something, you just go get it. You just go get it and you do it and it doesn't matter who gets hurt. No, not to the Christian. Not to the Christian. The Christian says, wait a minute. No, everybody here matters. Let's talk this out. We may not always agree. We may not agree on this. You, I may get my way this time, this, this, this way. You may get your way, and I may not. But we're going to try to be as fair as we can. The Christian is different. The life is, that is lived is different than that of the world. But there are those who say, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. And, and they even go to, they come to Sunday school, they go to church, they, they claim to walk with Jesus. But as soon as they are out of sight of other believers, they do whatever they want to do. They just do whatever they want to do. You know, they're fine. It's the, you know, it's those, it, it's the ones you see that become very uncomfortable when they see you coming. Oh, man, I go to church with them. Oh, oh, straighten up. What did I say? What did I do? Oh, my. You know, it's, they, they get real uncomfortable. Remember Eddie, Eddie Haskell. Eddie Haskell on Leave It to Beaver. I always like to bring him up because he's a perfect example of, uh, uh, to me of possibly one who, who has a knowledge of what is right and wrong but does not do it. Uh, he had great manners in front of Mrs. Cleaver. Oh, he was so nice. Oh, Mrs. Cleaver, you sure look nice today. And she knew. You could tell she knew. And she was like, thank you, Eddie. That's the way she answered. And she knew that he was just... You know, being real polite and nice, and he really didn't mean that. He was just trying to get in good with her. This, these people have their own code by which they live life. They do whatever they want to when they're not around those who expect them to be good. Either their life has been changed or they're not walking closely with Jesus or their heart has never been changed at all. And there's people out there. Oh, I believe in Jesus, really. There's no evidence. There has to be evidence. People need to be able to see that you believe in how you live. They need to be able to see that. When a true change takes place in a person's life, they do not continue to live a life of sin. No, when a person accepts Christ, encounters Christ, their life changes. The commands they seek to follow are not of their own making. They're the commands of Christ. That's what they seek to follow. That's what they want to follow. That's what they want to do. It's how they want to live. When you have a desire to follow Christ, then you also have a desire to follow His commands. And when you do, you will know that you know Him. When you have that burning desire inside of you that says, I'm going to do what's right. I want to do what God wants me to do. When that is priority in your life, that's when you know, I belong to Him. I belong to Him. I have, I, if you have accepted Him into your heart and there's doubt and you're thinking, well, I don't know, I don't know, then you need to get that straight. You need to talk with the Lord. Have you really accepted Him into your heart? Have you allowed Him to forgive you of your sins? And is He in control of your life? The day that you, are, you know, the day that that change takes place where you want to follow the Lord more so than anybody else, I would say that's, that, that's probably salvation day for you. 
When that, when that happens, when that truly happens where you're like, man, i got to do what's right. I, I want to do whatever God wants me to do. Whatever, whatever He wants me to do, that's it. That's that day when it's real. And it's real in your heart and in your life. Our following of the commands of Christ proves that we know Him. Our following of the commands of Christ proves that we know Him. The last thing, evidence of a true relationship with God. Look at verse 5. But whoever keeps his word in him, the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in him. If you keep God's word, if you follow it, you obey it. If you, uh, and then, you, look, if you do that, the love of God has been made complete in your heart, in your life. It's been, it's been matured. It has matured. It has been made complete, perfected in your life if you're, if you're following the word of God. If that is your desire. The phrase here, the love of God, is the love of God that He has for people. And living your life, if the love of God for people is being lived out, then the evidence of your relationship with God has been manifested. If you're showing love toward others, something's something's happened in your heart. Because let me tell you, it is hard to love everybody in this world. It's easy to say it, but it's hard to carry it out in practice. When you can carry it out in practice, then you'll know, oh yes, yes, I'm following the Lord. I am truly following Him. The love has been made real in your heart. Look at verse 6. The one who says he abides in Him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. There's a kind of summing up here in this verse of this line of thinking here uh, that John gets to. He says, if you, if you say you abide or continue to live in Christ, then you ought to behave and live in the same manner as Jesus did. Oh, wow. This world is in need of the loving hearts of the people of God. This world is in need of the loving hearts of the people of God. They're looking. They're watching. What are they seeing? This world is in need of the living out of the commands of Christ in this world. This world does not need Christians so caught up in politics that they've forgotten the mission of sharing the message of salvation. Listen, changing of hearts by a holy God is the only thing that is going to change this country and or any other country in our world. Politics aren't going to make this world better, this nation better, good, good. Oh, there will be some things that could be better, sure, through politics. But the hearts of people are, unchanged hearts of people are trouble. There's, there's trouble. They don't know God. They don't want to follow Him. They don't want to do what He wants. They want to do what they want to do. They want to get what they can get. And they're, they're worried. many of them are worried about their, their own selves. And they're not worried about people. They don't care about others. Changing of hearts happens by God Himself. And He, when He changes hearts, that's when people change. And that's when communities change. And that's when states change. And that's when the nation begins to change. The more hearts that are changed by God, the love that He pours into them, yeah, the change begins to occur. I've I've walked in churches before where I've wondered, where is the love of God in this church? Wow. Wow. Walked in, nobody said a word. My goodness, I'm visiting today. You'd think they'd just be jumping all over me. Oh, hey, hey, you're going to go. I thought, wow, what is going on? What is going on? 
And then I've walked in some churches where I couldn't be left alone. Now, some people are like, I don't want to be like, hey, I don't want that. <laughs> That's a little extreme. But I've been in some churches where it felt so genuine. So genuine when they said, hey, and they looked me in the eye and said, it is so good to have you here today. I could tell they meant it. And it's like, wow, boy, what is this? This is the love of God. This is the love of God through his people. And this is who we need to be. Our hope is not in a politician, but in Christ. There's no room for people who wear the name tag of Christian and who do not live as one. Oops, that was mighty strong. Did I just say that? I did. There's no room for people who wear the name tag of Christian and who do not live as one. This nation and this world are starving for real Christians to live like Christ. They need to see it. Oh, they need to see it. How we behave and live our lives matters to God, and it sure matters to others. They're watching. There's no excuse for us to say we follow Jesus and then act as if we do not know Him. Mm. The proof we know Him will be in how we live day to day. The proof that we know Him will be in how we live day to day. Believe me, people are watching us. What are they seeing? What do they see when they look at us? Do they see us living out the love of God? Or do they see us pushing our own agenda or some, some ill-thought agenda that's out there that we just think, well, I agree with that. I think that ought to be the law. When, whoa, I don't know, wait a minute. We need to think about our, our, our decisions and think about what we do. Are we reflecting Christ? I'm not saying don't stand up for what you believe. But when you do, do it in a way that shows Jesus. Do it in a way that shows Jesus. Well, that's a challenge. Well, yes, it is. It's a challenge God's called us to. He's called us to live out a loving life before others. He's called us to live a godly life. And that's challenging. And it's going to be at times. And there will be times when you're going to be like, well, I just, I just needed to tell them off. So I did. And there's going to be times. That, and those are those times where you're going to need to go back. And be the Christian and say, you know what? I didn't, I, I, I said that. And at the time, I meant the, the, the sentiment of what I said, but I sure didn't say it in a way that was pleasing to God. And I'm embarrassed. And I'm sorry. And I apologize to you for what I said. And uh, Talk about humility. Talk about living out the life of a Christian. That's tough. That's tough stuff. That's tough stuff. But do you realize, hmm, do you realize the respect that comes to those who live out the life of Christ? There are some people who will say, aha, that's a Christian. There will be some who say, I don't think they meant that when they apologized. And you know what? Hey, who cares? You did the right thing in apologizing. You did the right thing in, 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 in taking ownership of what you did. Living the life of a Christian is not easy, but it is what we are called to do. And my prayer is that we do that every day as we're out in the community, as we interact with other people, that we show them Jesus. We show them Jesus. Even when we don't feel like it. Oh, well, now, Brother Craig, if I don't feel like it, I'm not going to. Oh, wow, now. Wow. Okay. Well, somebody who doesn't feel like it may treat, mistreat you someday. Hmm. <laughs> How do you feel about that? I don't know. I don't like that. This, this Christian living is important. Today more than ever, I believe. 
thank you for listening to Words of Encouragement today. I hope that they have been words of encouragement to you. Listen, I I believe more and more uh, of the importance of Christians living out their lives in front of others, showing the love of God. Uh, I believe that is more important every day that we live. Uh, People need to see that. They need to see that we belong to Him. So what are you doing? What are you doing to try to show others that you belong to Him? Uh, My prayer is that you will talk to the Lord about that. Uh, Allow Him to lead you. Allow Him to guide you along the way. And I pray that you will be obedient to whatever He is calling you to. Uh, He has called us to share the gospel. That's, I mean, that's it. Boom. We know what we need to do. But uh, we also need to know how we're going to do it. And God will use us in various ways, uh, different ways, different places, different methods. But the message never changes. And the directive, the commission that was given to all of his children never changes. We are to share the gospel.